BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. and I've helped to elect a host of new uh, next generation leaders to city council, to the county board, to the Metro uh, Water Rec District, uh, to the state legislature, and yes, yeah, even to Congress. That's why there are two representatives from Chicago's uh, Latino majority districts today. Hi everybody, I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia, one of nine candidates running for mayor of Chicago in a race that is a less than, I can't believe this, two weeks away. Chuy, thanks for joining us. How are you holding up? Good morning, Fran. I'm holding up uh, really well. Um, it's cold in Chicago, but it's at least uh, sunny. So um, it uh, helps <laughs> have a good attitude. And I'm a Friday kind of guy, so uh, I intend on having a great day. I take it that running for mayor is a lot tougher at age 67 than it was at 59. Uh, it's different. Uh, it's 66. Don't be too generous. Oh, okay. Not too All right, soon. soon your <laughs> April birthday. I know that. Yes, April 12th. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's um, it requires a, a lot of vigor, but I'm in uh, good uh, shape. Uh, I'm healthy and uh, I, I like uh, engaging people. So when I'm around people is when I'm at my best, and that gives me a lot of energy. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a possible Republican presidential contender, is coming to town to talk to Lodge 7 of the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police, representing our Chicago police officers. This is a union that's endorsed Paul Vallis. Why are you trying to make this part of the race for mayor of Chicago? <laughs> Well, it's uh, no secret that um, the head of the uh, Fraternal Order of Police is a Republican. Uh, certainly, uh, over the past several years, uh, he has won, been one of the big uh, Trump cheerleaders uh, in Chicago. I think it's uh, unfortunate, <clears throat> given that Chicago is uh, you know, pretty heavily uh, Democratic. Uh, I believe the uh, uh, invitation for DeSantis to come uh, to Chicago, to uh, Illinois, is uh, simply a, a uh, an effort to sort of uh, push back uh, against Chicago being a, a very democratic and uh, open-minded city, uh, leans uh, liberal, uh, democratic, and obviously they feel that this uh, will probably seek to energize a certain base of voters uh, conservative voters uh, in Chicago, but it also aligns with uh, Paul Vallis's own statements that he identifies as a Republican, and he goes against certain values that most Chicagoans support, 
uh, like a woman's right to choose and to have uh, access to health care. Well, but Paul Vallis is a Greek Orthodox. How is that different? He's personally opposed to abortion, but publicly pro-choice, just like Richard M. Daly, just like Mike Madigan, just like Joe Biden, et cetera, et cetera. Why isn't it okay with you that a politician has personal religious beliefs that, that prevent them from backing abortion on a personal level, but publicly has a different stance? Oh, no, I think that, uh, you know, people have uh, those positions. Uh, many people who are, for example, Catholic, as uh, I am, uh, I remain unabashedly uh, pro-choice and believe that a woman has the right to choose. What Paul Vallis, his own words uh, have said is that he is fundamentally opposed to abortion. He didn't say he was personally. He's saying that now. Uh, to try to explain what he said back then or to justify it, the truth remains is that those are his own words. But as a Catholic, aren't you personally opposed to abortion too? Your religion says so. Look, uh, my uh, belief is that a woman has the right to choose, <clears throat> that the decision uh, of a woman uh, to terminate a, a pregnancy lies with her uh, with people, with her doctor, and uh, potentially uh, with her spiritual guide, uh, guide, you know, guide if she has one. Uh, that's been my position. The polling in this race has been all over the map, as you know. It shows you and Vallis and Lori Lightfoot and Brandon Johnson now duking it out for the two spots in the runoff. Brandon seems to be coming on strong. Lightfoot has started attacking him. You started late as a front runner with the best name recognition. What happened? Because a lot of the polls show you slipping. Lightfoot has spent a ton of money trying to link you to a pair of indicted political powerhouses, former Illinois House Speaker Mike Madigan and the cryptocurrency king Sam Bankman-Fried. Look, no one... In Chicago, uh, politics has fought the machine as long as I have uh, for decades. And that's why the politics in Chicago have changed uh, for the better. Uh, Lori Lightfoot has spent, you know, almost a million dollars attacking me directly. Uh, I was the last one in the race. Uh, we didn't get up on uh, TV uh, until almost a month after her attack ads began. It's bound to have uh, some sort of an impact. But politics uh, and movements aren't zero sum. It requires uh, working with people who sometimes you don't like, and it requires bringing people together and bringing people in uh, who you haven't always seen eye to eye with. So uh, without a doubt, I'm the only progressive in this race that uh, can govern Chicago at this time that can bring people together Look, I helped uh, Brandon uh, get elected to the county board. Uh, and, you know, it pains me sometimes to hear things that he says. Uh, but, you know, that's not uh, progressive politics. It's just politics. Um, I think that, you know, coming out of this uh, round one, I will be in a position to uh, regroup the uh, broadest coalition possible uh, to take on whoever uh, else is in the race. Uh, voters are paying attention now. I think that's why you may see uh, a lot of uh, swinging in the polls. 
Um, but moving forward, I think the 20% undecideds or so that polling shows is still out there. Uh, folks are making up their minds. So as they examine people's records, I think my record will stand out for consistency and progressivism. Brandon Johnson has accused you of abandoning the progressive movement by copying and pasting Lightfoot's failed plan for violent crime. Lightfoot is attacking Johnson this week very vociferously for his tax the rich plan. She says it's a job killer. It is going to hit us all in the wallets to the tune of $800 million and uh, that he is a radical. Do you agree with her that he is a radical on the issue of taxes and also on defunding the police? Look, uh, Brendan uh, has been a friend and an ally. Uh, only he can answer for his uh, positions. Uh, it does seem like his uh, tax plan uh, is uh, changing. Uh, his uh, tax plan drew more scrutiny. It turns out that uh, about $450 million in his proposal uh, in taxes, uh, a variety of them would have to be approved uh, by the General Assembly uh, in order for such a budget uh, to hold up. Uh, and of course, we've seen uh, some changes in his uh, public uh, safety uh, policy positions over uh, the last few weeks as well. So uh, it's a work in progress. Uh, I don't agree uh, with uh, the mayor's characterization. I think the mayor is just lashing out at everyone. It's part of the reason why she doesn't have much credibility and her unfavorable seem to be uh, you know, coming through in poll after poll. But what concerns you and should concern Chicago voters about his tax plan and on his position on defunding the police, which he says is an actual goal. He says it in his own words. Look, uh, when you run for office, you can't just run on slogans that sound good, that sound appealing. Uh, you've got to be able to produce uh, policy and plans that withstand uh, scrutiny, uh, that demonstrate uh, you know, how you'll uh, generate uh, the resources, the revenues uh, to pay for programs that you want and that are, you know may be um, popular uh, with the public. Uh, that is the most important thing, and we've come at uh, that type of policymaking in a serious way. Uh, the, you know, once the scrutiny comes, you've got to be able to defend what you say. And um, I think you know both on the budget front and on the public safety front. Uh, only Brandon can explain himself. Right. But I mean, you're running against him. What troubles you about the plans he has outlined? Should Chicago be scared of someone who is openly saying we need to raise taxes to the tune of $800 million? Well, uh, that's for him to <clears throat> answer. Uh, you know, we, we, we're coming at... Uh, the budget challenges that Chicago is facing, <clears throat> recognizing that we'll need uh, relationships in uh, Springfield. Uh, I'm heartened by the proposal, uh, the budget that the uh, governor uh, has presented that increases funding uh, for public education. Uh, that is very, very uh, key. Uh, the investment in um, uh, early childhood education is another significant step forward, and I commend the governor for that. 
Um, those are the types of things that I have said uh, Chicago will need uh, to move forward. We need to increase the amount of <clears throat> uh, revenue sharing for Chicago and for other municipalities. And that's why I have said I will build a coalition of mayors across Illinois to increase the amount of uh, that revenue sharing that municipalities need. It's because the uh, General Assembly has uh, relied, uh, has uh, forced localities, uh, municipalities like Chicago, uh, to rely on uh, property taxes to fund schools and other essential services that we find ourselves in this situation. So I've been responsible in recognizing that, in acknowledging that, and saying I will band with mayors uh, to increase the amount of funding for municipalities because it's the General Assembly's responsibility. And two, I will band with school advocates as well to increase the amount of funding that is necessary. Certainly the governor's budget address uh, signals that we're heading in the right direction. You waited so long to enter this race, the progressive political movement and the labor unions that were part of your 2015 mayoral campaign that forced Rahm Emanuel into Chicago's first mayoral runoff have formed the backbone of your support throughout your career, got tired of waiting. They endorsed Johnson. They threw their full muscle and financial backing behind him. They've given him millions of dollars, just a million in the last week alone. You have said that you would love to unite the movement, you have championed for a lifetime, that you were prepared to go it alone if it was too late, and that you are very convinced that you will unite this movement after if you make the runoff. But are you still so sure this is a huge rift? It's not uh, such a huge uh, rift, uh, friend. Uh, for one, uh, Brandon has received the endorsement of two unions for a total of three locals. I've received the endorsement of 16 unions uh, in this race. With respect to progressives, uh, no one has a monopoly on uh, the progressive mantle. Uh, my history is uh, longer than anyone else's in the race, and I believe there are supporters all over uh, Chicagoland who would value the type of leadership and the type of history and consistency that I bring to politics. I've been for uh, good politics, for good government. I've got the scars to prove it. I've battled with some of the old uh, machine elements in Chicago. That's why Chicago politics has become better and more progressive over several decades. And I've helped to elect a host of new uh, next generation leaders to city council, to the county board, to the metro uh, water rec district, uh, to the state legislature, and yes, yeah, even to Congress. That's why there are two representatives from Chicago's uh, Latino majority districts today. Should Chicago voters be concerned about electing a CTU organizer, a Chicago Teachers Union organizer who was instrumental in both the 2019 teacher strike and the 2012 teacher strike? Is that too much power for one union? Well, that's the question that uh, voters are going to have to grapple with uh, over the next uh, 11 days uh, in uh, this election. Uh, they'll have to uh, chime in on that, whether uh, what do that you is think? acceptable. What do you think? Well, it, it's it, it's tough. Uh, you know, it, 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 it can What's will tough about someone it? in that office, uh, you know, will, will Brandon, if he's elected mayor, be able to 
uh, say that he is uh, impartial, uh, that he is uh, fair, and that uh, in negotiations with the union, uh, that he'll make the best decision for uh, children and taxpayers uh, as issues uh, in education, in the Chicago public school system, as other bargaining units, um, you know, come to the table to negotiate. Um, that's a really tough situation to be in, um, and he'll have to grapple with that. But, that, you know, that'll be the same question for voters, whether they feel a level of comfort in doing that and thinking that uh, fairness is going to prevail. I want to go back to some of your connection. You have already uh, talked about Sam Bankman-Fried and the Independent Expenditure Committee uh, that you didn't ask for and didn't even meet or talk to him. But the more and troubling, I was unopposed, correct? But the right, but the more troubling and long-lasting connection that you have had uh, is your alliance with Mike Madigan. I understand, and I think voters do too or they might, why you have forged this alliance. Uh, Madigan was the state's most powerful Democrat. His Southwest side base coincided with yours. You saw a benefit in forging an alliance with a man who was that powerful at a time uh, when you were already at loggerheads with Ed Burke and still are, who is indicted and now retiring. But the question is, why did you stick with Madigan and continue to endorse him even after the Me Too scandal tarnished his image on his own staff and severely tarnished his reputation and the Commonwealth Edison scandal that ultimately brought him down. Friend, you uh, overstate uh, a relationship with the former speaker. Uh, for one, I endorsed him in the 2016 race when he ran for a party chair thereafter. He ran unopposed. Uh, let's be clear about that. Uh, I endorsed him because labor leaders uh, at that time in 2016, uh, were fighting Bruce Rauner. They were seeking to prevent Bruce Rauner from making Illinois a right to work state. Uh, Bruce Rauner opposed increasing wages for workers in Illinois. Uh, Bruce Rauner was uh, a, a pronounced uh, enemy of unions and organized labor. Uh, the uh, uh, labor union movement was united around keeping a majority in the House. There was a shadow candidate running against Mike Madigan uh, that was uh, put up by the runner forces, in my opinion. When labor leaders asked me to endorse them, uh, I obliged. Uh, that was the extent of it. Anything else that has happened has happened because of the growth of our movement for political empowerment. The Southwest side, which is pri uh, primarily Mexican-American, was the most disenfranchised uh, community uh, politically for a long, long time. We have grown our power uh, rooted in the demographics and rooted in uh, the community participating in elections. The election of subsequent uh, young people has come about because of a movement for empowerment. Uh, we've leveraged our power, and that is how we have helped change the politics and the face of leaders uh, on the uh, southwest side of Chicago, and it spread to other parts of the city of Chicago because we're the ones that held out during the 90s when the machine made a resurgence in Chicago, but because we kept up the fight for good politics, for good government, for transparency, and for progressive ideals, now Chicago is a much more progressive town. 
Right. But why didn't you break with Madigan when the Fed started sniffing around about ComEd and when the Me Too scandal hit? I haven't supported Mike Madigan. I've been clear on those issues. I issued statements when the Me Too uh, issues were uh, unfolding and emerging. I have a clear and consistent record on that issue. Mayor Leifert campaigned on an elected school board only to fight it tooth and nail and have the General Assembly forced it on her. You agree with her that the 21 member board is too big. If you're elected mayor, what would you do to try and shrink it? Well, a 21 uh, member board of education, along with you know, 50 members of the city council and potentially 25 or so new members of the council, in addition to the uh, community commission that will elect 22 representatives from police districts across Chicago, all present new challenges to the next mayor. I do think a 21 member board is very large. Uh, uh, the legislature approved it. It's incumbent upon the legislature to think about whether it is too large and unwieldy. I'm also very concerned that the uh, legislation at this juncture excludes the ability of taxpaying parents who have children in schools who are not yet U.S. citizens. They could be permanent residents under color of law or other immigration status in the country are essentially disenfranchised. That is an urgency that the General Assembly needs to address and to do it quickly before those elections happen. And while they're doing that, they want they may want to have a look at the 21-member board and see if it's unwieldy. It would make it the largest uh, elected school board, I think, anywhere in the country. And uh, it adds another layer of complexity. I'm also concerned that as we move toward those elections, that a powerful interest could play a very important role and could have an outsized role in determining who gets elected as opposed to voters and the parents and other stakeholders in Chicago public schools. So how do you fix that? Well, I'm hoping that uh, the state legislature will see that a large segment of people have been effectively uh, disenfranchised uh, in the school board elections, and that uh, as they revisit that, that they also consider the size of the elected school board. And then the outside interests, how do you fix that? Well, you fix it <clears throat> through uh, legislation uh, that uh, moves uh, Illinois and moves certainly Chicago uh, to a publicly financed system. I introduced uh, that legislation when I was a county commissioner in Cook County. Uh, it follows efforts like uh, you know, uh, overturning uh, Citizens United, uh, the decision of the Supreme Court that essentially gave the green light for powerful interests to have an outsized role in politics and in government. Unless we do away, unless we end Citizens United and enact legislation federally, which I have sponsored in the U.S. Congress, uh, in, in, in Cook County, uh, in Chicago, in Illinois, we'll continue to see an outsized role of special interest in politics, and that not only affects and corrupts potentially our politics, but it also affects government, and it has uh, the effect of pushing 
taxpayers and voters to the side. These all sound like Lori Lightfoot's arguments, too. So you have some uh, some agreement with her on these issues. A lot of people believe well, we that agree on, the, on the size of the school board. Yeah, uh, I, I am concerned about it. But, you know, if it's the law, then we'll have to deal with it. A lot of people believe the elected board, no matter how big it is, is set up to fail by the financial crisis that looms at CPS when the federal stimulus money runs out. Mandatory pension payments will spike at that time. The financial crisis is exacerbated by Lightfoot's decision to offload tens of millions of dollars in security and pension and sanitation costs from the city to CPS. And the elected board will be seated just as a moratorium on school closings expires in a shrinking system with 22 high schools that have fewer than 250 students and 95 elementary schools that do. Um, How will you solve these problems as mayor? Wow, that's uh, several uh, (laughs) deep financial questions, um, friend. Uh, First, let me say uh, a, a key to the city's well-being is the ability to get the city's economic engines churning uh, once again. Uh, you know, downtown has to come back. Uh, the Infrastructure and Jobs Act has great potential for helping us do that. Uh, we need to get more people coming back uh, to downtown, which means we have to improve public safety and, of course, the conditions of uh, the CTA and Metro. A lot of businesses were shuttered because of the pandemic. Uh, Ridership levels uh, have dwindled, uh, all important challenges. But key to all of this is our ability to get Chicago growing again. Chicago cannot thrive if we don't grow our population, if we don't bring back uh, businesses uh, that have been shuttered because of the pandemic. All of these things are interconnected. Uh, you know, that's key to generating uh, more economic activity, uh, more uh, business uh, transactions, uh, more uh, uh, consumption uh, in uh, downtown uh, Chicago. Uh, we need additional tax revenue. We need additional sales revenue in order to grow Chicago. So that's one front. There's another front, and I made reference to it earlier, and that is that we're going to continue to need the help of Springfield, potentially Washington, D.C. as well. We need to increase the revenue sharing amount for Chicago, for Chicago public schools as well in the education funding formula of the state in order to give us the tools to manage the city Uh, its school system, its transportation system for the foreseeable future. But one thing for sure is clear. Only a mayor who has relationships with the Speaker of the House, with the uh, Senate President, with the governor, will be able to marshal those relationships to help Chicago. In addition to that, it will be very important for the next mayor to have a relationship with the White House, with the secretaries of the various departments in Washington, D.C. as well. And I'm the only candidate that has those relationships today that can call on the White House, that can visit with leaders in the Congress, in the various uh, departments 
uh, in Washington, D.C., and in uh, Springfield. It's going to take a collaborative effort to get Chicago back on track, to get the economic engines turning again, because they will produce the revenues that are necessary for Chicago to be able to return to a sense of normalcy when we address the issues of public safety. That is critical. Are you prepared to close schools when the moratorium expires? Closing schools is uh, the last option uh, in my book. Uh, I think we need to incorporate the lessons of the last uh, school closures uh, episode uh, under uh, Mayor Emanuel. Uh, communities uh, are devastated when schools are shuttered. Uh, I drive past many of them, uh, especially in North Lawndale. Uh, on my way uh, downtown on a regular basis, and you can see the life that's been snuffed out of these communities. In order to ensure that we make the best decisions possible, we need very deep engagement with affected communities while we meet with them. And if it comes to a point where a school has to be closed, then we also need to work with those communities to see what kind of alternatives for re-adaptation of those buildings that there are. Uh, converting them into community centers, making them available for other purposes in the community is essential to ensure that we are not creating additional blight and giving people the signal that they need to move away from those communities. The key to Chicago's comeback is growing our population, keeping people in their homes. That's why I've provided a tax relief plan for people who are in trouble because of rising property taxes or because they just lost their ability to pay uh, taxes, even though their taxes may not have gone up. We've got to keep people in their homes and we've got to be there for them. We have to anticipate these things. The city was in a position to know that people would be socked with huge property tax increases following the assessments of neighborhoods and did nothing about it. The uh, property tax uh, relief plan that I've presented can be enacted immediately by the mayor and the city council. If they act, they should have anticipated that. They didn't. That's the type of responsiveness that we need in City Hall. And that's the type of responsiveness that I will bring if elected mayor. The CTA is carrying half the riders it did pre-pandemic, in part because it's viewed as unsafe and unreliable. And when that money runs out, that federal stimulus money runs out, they're set up for a fall. You've talked about congestion pricing. How would that help? Uh, look, I I've talked about the need to reimagine uh, public transit. Uh, it's very clear that we're going to uh, look at a financial cliff. Uh, uh, experts have pointed this out. The General Assembly last year uh, flagged it. Uh, the mayor says that there is no uh, financial cliff for the CTA or Metra. Uh, that's wrong. How can you say something like that when experts have pointed uh, to that inevitability uh, that could begin as early and as next year? That's why I will convene a summit of the RTA uh, members, including the CTA, uh, Metra, and PACE to talk about the state of transit and how we move forward. 
congestion pricing could be one way to raise additional revenues, but again, we can't simply rely on increases at the fare box to maintain the system afloat. Once again, we will need assistance from the General Assembly in Springfield, from the governor, and in addition to that, potentially additional federal funding, thus the importance of the mayor having uh, relationships in Springfield and in Washington, D.C. We also need to coordinate better with county government in order to get more bang for the tax dollars that we have to work with. What do you like about congestion pricing and how do you envision it working? A rush hour thing, a rush hour fee for people who want to drive in or how would that work? Yeah, for folks that uh, can uh, afford it and are willing to avail themselves of it, uh, it increases the amount that uh, one would pay uh, for usage of you know certain lanes uh, at during different times uh, of the day. Uh, it also seeks to you know ensure that investments in public transportation provide uh, safe, clean, reliable transportation so that people, begin to uh, you know diminish their uh, car dependency we rely on too many cars but in order to have an alternative and a viable alternative we need a 21st century world-class transit system in chicago that is reliable affordable and safe before we let you go seven or eight members of lightfoot's hand-picked city council leadership team have abandoned the mayor and endorsed other candidate She's had a contentious relationship with the with the city council really since her inaugural address when she denounced the council as thoroughly corrupt and shamed Alderman into joining her and the crowd uh, in a standing ovation for reform. What what will you do with the city council that could be vastly different? Half of it could be new. Will you empower the city council? to be the co-equal branch of government it was intended to be with its own attorney, parliamentarian, an empowered office of financial analysis? Uh, one, having been a member of the Chicago City Council in the 1980s and beginning of the 90s, uh, I understand the council. I understand what all their persons uh, want in their wards, what kind of priorities uh, they have, uh, and requests that they may have uh, from the mayor's office and the city. My approach would be a collaborative one. Uh, you've got to engage members of the council. Uh, let's recall, uh, potentially uh, almost half the council will be new. I think the new council uh, would need a good uh, orientation. They would need as much capacity building and development as possible. Uh, we need to become better partners in how we navigate the city, both from an executive point of view and its priorities and its you know, legal functions. And then there is the legislative role and functions. Instead of just you know making a pronouncement that you're going to end aldermanic prerogative, you should engage in a conversation about why uh, aldermanic uh, privilege uh, might be something that is evolving and that should, should change. Uh, their input into the budget process is also very important. Uh, their input on zoning matters continues to be, uh, I think, important because they are in many respects closest to the constituents that elect them. But you don't get anywhere by simply making pronouncements that may sound good uh, to the public but uh, be much more complex 
and difficult to deal with. You do it by getting to know them, by establishing relationships, by figuring out what their priorities are, what their views on the use of the city budget are. And you also, you know, charge them with coming up with revenue ideals for the future so that when you engage in budget negotiations and approval of, of a final budget, uh, you seek to reach certain consensus wherever you can. So will you let them choose their the own leaders, their own? Will you let them choose their own chairman? As the law says they're supposed to, will you give them their own attorney, their own parliamentarian and empowered office of financial analysis? All of those uh, questions, uh, in my opinion, are subject to uh, conversations to see where we want to get at uh, as a, go a government that is uh, evolving, that is modernizing and that's seeking to be 21st century. I want the legislative branch to feel valued, uh, to be a partner, and to have as much input as possible. Uh, the outcomes of those uh, conversations will tell us uh, how Chicago government is evolving and modernizing. And who will your leaders be? Can you name a few? Uh, not yet. Uh, I think that would be a bit uh, presumptuous. I think there is uh, plenty of talent in the Chicago City Council, uh, those who are likely to uh, be reelected and remain there. I'm also looking at, uh, you know, who may get elected in the new wards and what kind of talent there is there. But I'm looking forward to engaging with everyone if elected mayor. Chewy Garcia, good luck uh, running through the tape. Uh, it's a marathon, that's for sure, sir. And it's only, we uh, ten days away, and that's the good news. <laughs> And then if you win the right to be in the runoff, then there's another five weeks. There's another 35 days. Yes. You got it all counted out. One, Best one of luck to you. Absolutely. Thank you so Best much. Of Great to be with you. Okay. And we will see you all next week. Take care.